you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Marcus. Is it episode three already, guys? Because I want to know, what do you have for me? I've been waiting. Marcus, what do you got? Marcus, I'm glad you've asked. But first, there, there's this very specific response I want to give you. But first, I have to remind our listeners that uh, this episode is marked explicit for a reason. There's going to be some foul language because we're talking about a property that uses more foul language than uh, an average, say, 20 movies combined. Uh, Most definitely. It, there's, there's going to be a lot of cussing, so if you're a small child, uh, I, I'm wondering why you're listening to this, but turn off the, the thing because it might hurt your brain, I guess. I don't know. Language, guys, explicit. I mean, keep keep downloading it and rate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but Marcus, uh, now that that's out of the way, I'm going to have to ask you to ask me uh, what your prompt. Just just ask me the question okay. again. Okay. Hey, Eric, uh, what's my Shut the fuck up, Donnie, because we're (laughs) doing The Big Lebowski. The Grand Lebowski, as it were. Uh, A film that is near and dear to my heart. One of my favorites. uh, Coen Brothers classic uh, from 1998. Uh, It's just... I'm just so excited. This is so exciting. This is so Uh, exciting. So, this film... You've never seen this. Am I am I correct, Marcus? You are correct, and I've gotten no end of hell from people oh. for that fact. It's it's you know what I understand why people would be upset because this is this is a cult classic. It it but it wasn't. I mean, it, it's a cult classic, and that means something. That means not not everybody has seen it. There's a, a select cult of individuals who worship this film. I worship it like like literally you know, worship literally, it. Like there, there's is a, a there is a religion. Yeah, it's it's Dudism. It's it's Church <laughs> of uh, Le- the Latter Day Dude. I believe is the name yeah, of the church. Yeah, yeah, I think that's something like um, that. Which is just a ver- dressed up version of Taoism. But anyway, uh, I maybe <laughs> am not that much of a fanatic myself, but it is one of my favorite films. I enjoy it as a film uh, and as a piece of work. But uh, this is interesting for us for sham fiction because this is our, I mean, it's only our third episode, sure, but this is the first film that we've done. Yeah, uh, sure. And normally with fan fiction and sham fiction specifically, uh, it's easier to do uh, fan fiction when it's a series because every episode is pretty standalone. Your characters are in the same place at the beginning and the end of the episode with some wacky adventures in the middle. So it's easy to kind of write something and, and, and pretend that it's in the series. This, however, is a film, so this is going to be a little different. This will be fun for us, I think. Maybe this will kick off the Big Lebowski series. You know what? Whoa. That would be a heck of a thing. I could see this as a weekly. Oh, uh, the dude's misadventures? Absolutely. Yeah, of uh, the dude and Walter. Why not? Um, an animated series coming to Fox this fall. 
FXX, I would think. Well, no, it works. Fox works. <laughs> All right. So uh, this film, The Big Lebowski, was uh, produced by Polygram, Filmed Entertainment, and Relativity Media. Uh, it was originally distributed by Gramercy Pictures theatrically again in 1998. It's written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, some of our favorite filmmakers. Uh, Minnesota's Minnesota's strangest sons. Wait, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Bob Dylan exists. Uh, <laughs> some of Minnesota's strangest sons. Uh, this film is starring Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, Julianne Moore, Steve Buscemi, and there's uh, bit parts from a lot of wonderful people, including uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, John Turturro, lots of lots of fun ones. Uh, you can pick this film up uh, lots of places. It's available for rent from about any streaming service you can think of, Amazon Video, iTunes, Vudu, YouTube, Google Play, and also available from Universal Home Entertainment. So that's that's the uh, that's the stuff I had to put out there because I recommend that anybody watch it if they can. Yeah, and just a quick, I just I want to put credit where credit to do. Um, the restoration for the uh, home entertainment was done by Mortimer Young and Forever Young Pictures. <laughs> that's right. Yes, 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 yes. You don't have to know that. <laughs> so, all right, um, Andrew. I've been I've been talking as fast as I can because I'm so excited. You've been talking so fast, so impassioned, but that's good. I need to breathe. I'm gonna let you kind of do some of the some of the absolutely. Yeah, I'll get into it. So genre here, this is comedy, crime. This is like a spin. uh, It's like the Coen Brothers do a stoner film noir. Like that's what this movie (laughs) is. It's and why we love it, we love it for that reason. Like this movie, it's it's all twists and turns. There's it's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Characters come in and out just randomly. It's just the dude kind of dudin' through L.A. in the early 90s. Um, and it's it's just a joy to experience. Um, so so uh, uh, our main cast, it's like, what, like four or five main people? Who, who do we got? Yeah, so yeah, so just kind of setting the stage. This is L.A., um, yeah, this is around the time of the first Gulf War, the first fight in Iraq with Saddam and the Iraqis. <laughs> um, this follows the dude, who's played by Jeff Bridges. So the dude, he's he's just the man of his time and place. You know, he is uh, he's unemployed, complete stoner. He just hangs around, listening to Credence in his car, smoking a J. And bowling with his friends Walter, uh, who's played by John Goodman. Uh, Walter is a Vietnam vet. He's very loud and belligerent and swears constantly and just goes off on tangents about his buddies dying face down in the muck in Vietnam. (laughs) Um, Accurate. And their uh, other bowling partner is Donnie, who is played by Steve Buscemi. Um, he is the only guy we actually see bowling at any point, um, and he's pretty good at it. He's, he rolls strikes um, most every time we see him. Uh, um, there's one, one disappointing niner, but, you know, it happens. Yeah. Um, but Does he get the pickup? <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't see that. I bet he does, because Donnie's pretty good. He would. But, of course he would. But Donnie, he's just a sweetheart, and he's kind of a space cadet. He joins their conversations, because the dude and, and Walter are just talking and talking all the time. Just They're completely bullshitting. And Donnie always comes in and tries to join the conversation. And, of course, they tell him to affectionately... Shut the fuck oh, up, oh, Donnie. Oh, yeah, shut, shut the fuck up, Donnie. 
there is this kind of uh, uh, mean-spiritedness that I don't think he deserves, but that's part of the fun of the film. I should say, yeah, it's, it's a good point. I say affectionately, but it's like the affection of my own towards yeah, Donnie. There's no affection, affection shown by by Walter, <laughs> the dude, towards Donnie. Like, they, like, Walter just tells him to fuck off all the time. Um, but Donnie doesn't deserve it. He's great. Um, so that's kind of like our core three, like the kind of like the friends of the dude and his posse is the, are those three guys. Uh, we see them bowling uh, at this awesome, you know, retro bowling shack in somewhere in the in L.A. Um, but then the adventure kind of gets started and we meet all these other characters and maybe oh, yeah. we should kind of go into the uh, the story, Eric, and then all talk right. about the characters as we kind of get into yeah, it. Yeah, because we'll reach a lot of characters. Um, not They all have varying weights, but they do come in and out of the story. Um, so I'm going to take another deep breath and see if I can... Uh, oh, this is so tough. So I, I've seen this like a dozen times, but I just rewatched it two days ago. And this plot is so complicated it's so it's <laughs> dense there's so much going on that it's impossible to keep track and it, it, very uh purposefully done uh by the coens that it it's an impenetrable fog of things happening that it's it's so thick and twisted and uh questionable that it kind of puts you right in the headspace of the dude who's you know probably half baked throughout most of this or three quarters to full or three quarters to full yeah that's a good point he's a very high functioning stoner uh and when i say that he doesn't actually do anything he's just you know manages to stand up and drive and leave the house um but it's just it's impossible to tell what's going on so i was taking notes the entire time when i watched this and it was (laughs) it was tricky I had to actually start my notes over a couple of times because I kept forgetting important things that were happening and trying to tie it all together. So uh, I'm going to read these notes for you. Okay, here's what happens. This is the entire movie, by the way. I'm going to spoil the whole thing. Spoiler alerts for everybody because it doesn't really matter. Okay? Yeah, this is like the trappings. Just kind of like write a few things down. Yeah, exactly. And like... You know, maybe have them reference this crap at some point. Whatever draws your attention... Uh, write that part down and ignore the rest. All right, here we go. So here's what happens in The Grand Lebowski. One, thugs piss on the dude's rug because they think he's the big Lebowski, a different Lebowski by the same name. They're all named Jeffrey Lebowski, but the dude is the dude and the big Lebowski is the big Lebowski. Got that? Great. So the dude goes to the big Lebowski to try to get compensation for the rug that was pissed upon, uh, and he is denied, so he just decides to take a rug from the big Lebowski's house. Great. Uh, Lebowski uh, then gets a note that his trophy wife Bunny, trophy wife Bunny, has been kidnapped. There's a ransom note, and he hires the dude to uh, hand off the ransom money to the kidnappers, which is uh, $1 million in a briefcase. So uh, the dude uh, and Walter take off to go hand off the, uh, the money. Walter fucks up the whole thing. And they end up uh, throwing a ringer out. The kidnappers get a fake uh, briefcase. They end up keeping the supposed briefcase full of money. Uh, different thugs uh, steal the dude's new rug, right, that he stole from the Big yep. Lebowski's house. The dude's car is then stolen with the money briefcase inside. Maud Lebowski, the daughter of the Big Lebowski, lets the dude know that she is the one who stole his rug and hires him to get the money back from the kidnappers because... She is claiming that is the money does not belong to her father and actually belongs to a foundation that's not really very important, whatever. That's, but that's really 
kind of the I guess the seed of the whole plot. So it is important. <laughs> uh, where am I? Where's my spot? Um, the uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, she hires him to get the money back, but they don't have it anymore because the car just got stolen with the money inside. So the uh, let's see. The cops then find the dude's car without the briefcase, which sucks. Uh, and then the uh, Big Lebowski shows up at, uh, and hands the dude a toe, a toe that supposedly belongs to his trophy wife, Bunny, uh, f- given to him by the kidnappers, supposedly. The kidnappers, who are nihilists, by the way, uh, they believe in nothing, Lebowski. Nothing. They, they threaten to cut off the dude's Johnson if, the, if he doesn't get them the money. Walter then tracks the briefcase to some kid who lives by the In-N-Out Burger. Uh, little Larry Sellers, he's a kid, but they failed to prove he has it or to acquire it. Uh, the rug pissers then show up at the dude's place and bring the dude to Jackie Treehorn, who is a pornographer, a pornographer, uh, who ends up drugging him and searching his apartment to try to find the money, which they failed to do because he doesn't have the money. Then Maud Lebowski shows up, and they, uh, they meaning Maud and the dude, they perform coitus. Coitus. So, like, Does that word disturb you, Marcus? Uh, is Ma the dude's mom? Because that could affect my answer. Uh, the, they're not related Lebowskis. Unrelated Lebowskis. Ma is played by Julianne Moore. It's the daughter of the, the Then it, it doesn't disturb All right, yeah. good. Uh, so they have Coitus so she can have a baby because she wants a baby but doesn't want a father because she's a feminist. Uh, the dude figures out that the, that, uh, the big Lebowski embezzled the money so that so the dude and Walter go to the Big Lebowski's house, find that Bunny has returned all on her own, and so they say, fuck it, let's go bowling. When they go bowling, uh, the original, or the, uh, the nihilists show up again, the supposed kidnappers who did no kidnapping at all, they show up, they burn the dude's car, uh, and then they all tussle, they all have a fight through the course of it. Donnie has a heart attack and dies, so oh, they spread his ashes and they say, fuck it, and go bowling again, and that's the entire movie. That is the whole thing. That's impressive. I think I wish I would have been paying attention closely at the time, but I think it took you like four minutes to say it the whole movie. It took longer than and I you expected. You covered the though. whole thing. Like that's the whole movie. That's the entire movie. Um, so I don't know. I, I tried to make it clear. I probably made it more clear than the movie. Very much so. What, what was happening? Uh, but you can see what I mean when I say impenetrable fog of plot. But so uh, what's, it's lovable. So what you know we want to see here. Because this plot, again, it's impenetrable. There's so much of it, but who cares? You know, like, you can reference some of this stuff. Um, but this, like, when you look at this thing, this thing is just nutso. It's 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 wacko. It's comedy. It's farcical. These elements don't matter. We're just exploring this weird world of L.A. with the dude um, mm-hmm. and Walter and Donnie. Um, so, honestly, like, the sort of stuff that we just want to see, the stuff that the cult of you know, this movie has kind of come around are all these like details that, you know, spring up over and over and over again. You know, Walter telling Donnie to shut the fuck up or going off about Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I think is just like the absolute greatest and would probably be considered my bonus point, even though it's kind of a weird thing to do, but the dude hears things and then he repeats them and bastardizes them constantly he like any like idea he gets is just something that he's repeating that something he's heard on tv or something that somebody else said earlier in the movie 
Um, like he hears, this aggression will not stand from George H.W. Bush on the TV at this checkout counter. And he says that later in a different context. Like, so if you do these like repetitions in the scene, something that he picks up on early in the scene that he uses later, perhaps in the wrong context. I mean, that's, that's the dude like that. I, Mm -hmm. that's my, one of my favorite parts of watching this movie is watching the dude butcher something like that. Yeah. What about you, Eric? What's well, something that you really I mean, the, the thing that you got to keep in mind with the dude as far as what this character is going for, he just wants his rug back. That's all he wants, this whole thing. He just wants his rug back. And uh, and so the, this whole thing just comes from that. And there's a line that I love that's just, that rug really tied the room together. It really tied the <laughs> room together. And that's an important line, uh, repeated many times. Yes. Uh, yeah, any... any uh, any scenes where Walter's ranting about Vietnam is good. I think for potential scenes for you, for a shamfic of The Big Lebowski, would be um, just, it's going to be an encounter. It, this film is just made up of scenes in different places. Somebody shows up, something happens, they move on. And this could be a scene at the bowling alley where it's just uh, it's just Walter and, uh, and the dude uh, shooting the shit with Donnie in the background um, where they're just catching up. It could be some thugs show up. It could be anything at all. And this is almost why this is sort of like episodic TV because there's just, it's just a series of things that happen and they can kind of go in any order and be mixed in. But so I want to see a scene that we can write and just sort of insert somewhere in the movie. Cool. So uh, that's a lot of information really fast. Uh, do you have any any questions first off? Okay, so uh, just a couple questions about the relationships. How long have they known each other? How did they meet each other? Do we have any of that info for the main three, the dude, Walter, and Donnie? No, we don't. Um, and it's actually kind of not something that's never addressed. Um, even though they're such different characters, like the dude is so chill and Walter's so intense. It's really strange that they're friends to begin with, <laughs> and even throughout the course, everything that happens, you don't really understand why they're friends, but they're friends. They like they just, bowling. I'm guessing it's like just bowling. the bowling thing. It's the bowling. Okay. So they're they're all unemployed, but they have apartments, and uh, they're able to afford bowling? Only the dude is unemployed. Uh, Walter runs a security company, Sobchak Security. Uh, what was that again? Sobchak Security. His, his name is Walter Sobchak, so it's Sobchak Security. Uh, I don't know what Donnie does. Uh, all we know is that he's a good yeah, bowler. In in his uh, eulogy at the end, they just say Donnie was a good bowler. And, and apparently surf. a surf enthusiast. There you go. Yeah. But That's all we yeah, know. No job. No idea. We don't know. Yeah, but we can assume that he does something with his life because he's less of a fuck up than the other two. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Anything else? Questions? I, I, I think that's it for questions. Let me run over what mad notes i was able to scribble all right i can't wait for exciting Uh -uh. all right so the first thing i got is shut the fuck up donnie (laughs) that's gonna show up all over this piece yes uh this is a really crazy stoner noir meant to imitate the fog of being under the influence and just stuff happens because that's that's the life uh it takes place in los angeles during the first gulf war we have the dude who's jeff bridges he's an unemployed stoner hanging out in a bowling alley and he loves Creedence Clearwater Revival. Was that correct? That is absolutely correct. All right. So you got Walter, who's John Goodman, Vietnam vet, loves ranting, loud, swearing machine, runs soap check security. Then you got Donnie, who seems like a pretty sweet guy, but he's just completely hanging out with the wrong people who 
obviously end up uh, with him being dead. <laughs> He's a surfer and a good bowler. So they hang out at Retro Bowling Shack, uh, and then some stuff happens. Some thugs piss on a rug uh, by the dude. The dude says, hey, I like that rug. really tied the room together. He goes to get money from another guy named the Big Lebowski, who the thugs were actually originally targeting. He doesn't get the money, so he steals the guy's rug. The Big Lebowski realizes that the dude is actually pretty good at doing stuff, so he says, hey, my wife, uh, Rosie, has been kidnapped. Or is it Rosie? Uh, what is the wife's Bunny. name? Bunny. Bunny. My, my wife, Bunny, has been kidnapped, so you should do the, the money exchange. Uh, here's the money. I trust you with a million dollars in a briefcase. Dude takes the ransom money with uh, Walt and Donnie. The kidnappers get a fake briefcase because Donnie fucks everything up. Uh, the thugs steal a rug. The thugs are nihilist. There's a car where the money with the actual briefcase is stolen after the dude and Walter and Donnie got away with it. <laughs> then Ma stole the rug. She was actually the one who stole the rug and says, hey, get the money back. They can't get the money. The cops find an empty briefcase, which causes trouble. There's uh, the big giving something to the dude. They're nihilist thugs. The kids say that I have a rug and they're kids for some reason. There's Jackie Tree, who's a porn guy. He maybe has the rug. Then the dude has sex with Ma, who is not related to Julianne Moore. Uh, Ma wants to have a baby because she's a feminist, and it's good to do it with a stoner who will forget the whole thing. The big was actually embezzling, so that's why he got the dude involved, because, again, forget everything. Bunny comes back, toe intact, everything's good, so fuck it, let's go bowling. Then the nihilists come, and they have a big Kill Bill-style fight, I assume, yep. at the bowling alley. Yep. Donnie dies in this, they spread his ashes, and then, in the end, reflect, fuck it, dude, oh let's go bowling. Oh, my God. Wow. You nailed it. I uh, mean, you didn't nail it. I mean, there was no. a lot of things that was weird in there. But who I, I cares? Does good. it matter? Do we need to correct him? There's only one thing I want to correct. Okay. And that's, okay. it's not Ma. There's no Ma. It, her name oh. is Maud. Maud. Oh, Maud. Maud Lebowski. That's a lot different. A I lot thought different. it was Mother Lebowski. No. No, I this was is very confused. This is, uh, this is Julianne Moore, uh, the daughter of the big Lebowski, unrelated to the dude. Does she have a Boston accent? No, she actually has a, a confusing sort of uh, Eastern... Uh, transatlantic kind of uh that's a good way of describing it uh, prep school voice like it's it's she's it's very pretentious it's it's not an accent it's an affectation she's an artist so she's just an artist okay yes yes jeffrey no she uh no it's I, i'm glad you described it eric because going into this i was like how do you describe mod that's not like, harrington the video artist yeah she all right she's into like crazy it, mixed up art Mm-hmm. And then just just wrapping things up, you got that the dude hears and misrepeats things constantly. He's trying to sound like he has something to add, but it's just fits of uh, electrons firing in his brain. And he really wants the rug back because it ties the room together. So I'm going to write just about something that maybe has something to do with this stuff. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe dying's alive. Maybe he's dead. And I'll say fuck a lot. Yeah, perfect. You, you better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are the bonus points? Andrew? Okay, I the, the the dude repeating thing is kind of mine, but here's here's something you gotta get Walter at some point in there going, "Am I wrong? Am I wrong?" He says that so much throughout that movie, and it's the best, just Fantastic. like that. Uh, my bonus point uh, is going to be related to the dude. Uh, in whatever scene the dude is in, you he better be mixing himself and or consuming a white Russian. That's a white Russian, a Caucasian, Jackie. And that is a drink. I know I know you don't know drinks very well, Marcus, but this is a drink made with Kahlua, uh, vodka, I believe. Yep. And cream. Yeah, he likes half Got and half. It. 
Yep, half and half. A little healthier. Mm-hmm. So, so that's it. Just he's got to be nursing. Got to be nursing a drink. Or or lighten up a J. <laughs> but that's not my bonus oh. point. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's all we got. So. Um, Wow. Yeah. Do you think that's you got all we to go got? Off that's, of? that's it. That's all that is. That's all. That's all, that's that all we got. I, I think uh, I've got more than enough to write a thousand words. <laughs> uh, maybe after writing that description, I should say another thousand words. And I'm excited to go write this so I can finally see this movie because I think it is about time. Very true. So I will. I will come back. Thank you guys. And uh, you can see what a sober take on the Big Lebowski is. Good luck. Have fun. Hey, podcast people. If you like subscribing to things, I highly suggest you subscribe to Sham Fiction. Even if you don't like subscribing, it's, it's a good habit to get into. Why? Because when you subscribe, you'll get a new episode of Sham Fiction delivered straight to your magical pocket device every single Sunday. If you're feeling generous, you could rate our show as well. Either way, subscribing on iTunes is the best way to tell us that you're listening to Sham Fiction, and that helps us out greatly. So thanks for listening to the show. I hope you're enjoying it. Let's get back to it. Okay, while, while Marcus is off writing uh, his version of The Big Lebowski, uh, we, should, we should talk really quick, Andrew. Confer, if you will. Uh, so... The question is, what the hell is Marcus Mann going to do with the Big Lebowski? And uh, I, I'm having trouble even deciding what it could be. Like it's, it's such a strange, such a strange property <laughs> for Marcus to do. It's so unlike him. Yeah, you know, he hasn't. You know, I think he's seen Coen Brothers movies, but he's by far, you know, well versed in them. So I'm really interested to to to, to hear if this feels. Like the voice somehow seeps into it. Like he unconsciously writes from a Coen Brothers perspective, just based on the material, because you did give him the whole plot of sure. the movie. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if some of that will of. seep in. Well, uh, did we tell him about the stranger at all? Um, I don't think so, man. <laughs> of all we did say, I don't think we did. Secret bonus point for me then is if he introduces a new character and it could be played by sam elliott that's that's mine if there's oh, a sam man. elliott character in here somehow by providence then he gets the bonus points and i'll have to give him 10 out of 10 uh yeah. tumbleweeds or whatever yeah you will because i don't think we mentioned that at all so for him to pick up on that it's i i can't even imagine that happening you know see pers- personally for me i he'd get really you know he'd get secret bonus points for me if he keeps it keeps it in the scene as the three leads you know dude walter donnie sure um i want to see marcus write those three guys and i want to see him hit that dynamic or you know represent that dynamic however he sees it because that's why i love this movie those scenes at the bowling alley between them sure it's oh gosh i I love every minute of those sequences so i really want to see that so we're hoping for a lot of banter yeah, because I want to see, I want to see what Marcus thinks this sounds like. Sure, I want to see that voice. Well, let's uh, let's bring him in and let's let's see what he did. All right. All right, everybody, I am back, and I have written a scene from the Big Lebowski, which 
uh, it's filled with swears. I hope you're proud. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I'm already proud. Oh, now, so proud. now my mother can't listen to this episode. Oh no, Marcus! <laughs> mother warning alert. <laughs> so uh, I, I really want to talk about this one, but I, I reckon I should read it first, and then we can have a nice little discussion. <laughs> you reckon correctly. All right. So without further ado, I present to you the Big Lebowski. <laughs> all right, all right. And so it came to pass that the dude found himself in a bit of a predicament. You see, the bowling alley was out of half and half. Now, they didn't carry half and half, but they also didn't have vodka until the dude started bringing that in either. Anyway, <laughs> they were out. So he'd have to use full cream for the Caucasian he was mixing. He didn't like mixing without half and half. Didn't feel right. But he had to mix the Caucasian, because if he got up to bowl, Walter might figure out he was drunk when he slipped and fell on the alley again. Then he'd lose for tripping the line or something. He thought... Today wasn't one of those days where the dude quite understood how bowling worked, aside from knocking down pins, and he didn't care to ask Donnie about it. If he kept drinking, he'd have an excuse not to bowl. Still, the cream. You have any half and half? The dude took his words slow so he wouldn't slur them. Do I look like a fucking cafe? Walter was angry. Not at the dude, but, you know, angry. Walter angry. The dude smiled. He had never considered if Walter looked like a cafe. He hadn't known any angry cafes before, but maybe it was because he'd never bothered to ask. <laughs> Sitting by the scorecard, Walter didn't look like people would buy coffee inside of him. Though he was getting fatter, and maybe if the people were very little. I don't think you look like a cafe. But would a rose by any other name be a cafe if it was called a cafe? Think on that, Shakespeare. <laughs> what? You gonna fucking roll again, or should we just say I won? Roll, roll, rolling, rolling on the river. The dude put down his half-made drink and shuffled over to his bowling bag. He didn't keep a ball in it, but that didn't matter, because he wasn't looking for a ball. Instead, he pulled out a smaller bag and a lighter. He lit the joint before Walter could protest about the game. <laughs> Proud Mary, keep on burning, he said as he exhaled a long breath. <sighs> if you're not going to bowl, at least make yourself useful and give me a hit of that, Walter said. The dude complied. I wish I had grass like this back in Nam. The shit we had was weak and I never did go in for the heroin. Walter handed the J back to the dude. The dude opened his mouth and tried to remember if he remembered anything he could add. But then Walter kept talking, so the dude went back to smoking. Of course, I wish I had someone to bowl with here. It was only a couple steps for Donnie to come over from his lane to where Do Walter and the dude were sitting. But it still startled the dude when Donnie spoke. I'll play with you, Walter. I think I... <laughs> I think uh, you might actually have a chance this time. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> yes. Walter gestured for the joint. The dude passed it over. The cafe probably wouldn't do very well if it yelled at passerbys. The more the dude thought of it, the less likely it was that Walter was a cafe. <laughs> right, Donnie said. It took him longer to walk back to his lane than it had for him to show up, but soon he was rolling strikes again. Tell you what, Lebowski. Next frame takes it. I bowl, then you go. If you can call that a game. The dude considered this. 
If a Rose Bowl was a game, then the bowl would be done if you called the game Rose. Walter fixed the dude with one of his army stares. You're an idiot. Are you going to bowl? The dude was feeling less drunk as he got some smoke in him. He figured if he focused really hard, he'd have a good chance of hitting a couple pins. Walter spat on the alley floor. That was right smart of him, the dude thought. Most places he couldn't spit indoors, but the dude supposed the owner wouldn't mind because the lanes were meant to be slippery. Walter was always figuring out things like that. Must be his military mind. (laughs) Donnie stopped his own practice and came over to watch as Walter picked up his ball. He didn't say anything when Walter stepped to the line and made his approach. This probably had something to do with the broken finger Walter had given him the last time he gave advice. (laughs) You know, Walter began in that far-off way he got sometimes, like he never made it back from his deployment. Hmm. I like to imagine the pins as my enemies. I look down there and think about the men I want to kill, the men who done me wrong. But when I see their red-ringed heads, it's not Charlie's face, I imagine. (laughs) No. We squared our debt out in the bush. It's the <laughs> bastards who sent us out there. Johnson, that bitch Nixon, a whole lot of assholes in suits. <laughs> Think of them, and it's easy to clear the field. <laughs> the dude looked up from the last puff of his joint in time to see Walter knock down nine pins. That's most of them. The dude wondered who the pin that was still standing represented. Lincoln? Walter grunted as he stood by the ball return. Donnie took this as an invitation to talk, though the dude noticed he put his hands in his pockets first. This is a real easy pickup, Walt, Donnie said. Just straight down the middle. The key is not to break your concentration. Drown out any distractions. Let me see your hand, Walter said. Donnie took his hand out of his pocket, but he didn't present it. Instead, he made a gesture like his lips were a zipper, and he was zippering them shut. Walter was mad enough to ignore him. As he approached the line, the dude saw a bead of sweat roll down his cheek. He hated losing, and the dude reckoned that he probably didn't know the dude wasn't sure of his ability to stand, much less roll a ball. Unfortunately, the moment he let go of his ball was the same moment Donnie decided to break the zipper. Hey, Mod! He shouted. Good to see you again! (laughs) Oh, do shut up, Donnie, came Mod's familiar voice. (laughs) Precise and in control. The dude turned around and confirmed that the voice was still attached to her. There she was. Redheaded, pale, and prettier than a painting of something pretty. Walter's... <laughs> Walter's annoyed scream told the dude that he had missed, without him having to take his eyes off Maud. The lack of an echoing scream from Donnie meant that he had kept his hands away. Hello there, lady. What can I do for you? The dude smoothed his beard and managed to stand. Our first go didn't take. I need you to have intercourse with me again. Immediately, I'm ovulating. (laughs) Sure thing. Just need to finish this game first. Walter got to his feet with the balance of a drunk cat, which was about as good as the balance of a normal man. He was proud of that. He grabbed no particular ball and made his way onto the alley. You lucky son of a bitch, Walter said. His anger about Maude beating out his anger at Donnie. Why is a classy dame like that bothering to sleep with you? It's like the roses. Why was Shakespeare a gardener? He just was, and he liked renaming roses. I just am going to have sex with Maude. 
The dude rolled the bowling ball with a stagger that brought him facing the wrong way after he let go of it. When he righted himself, he saw that all the pins were gone. Unfucking believable Walter yelled. How'd you do that? You picturing the VC? Those bastard presidents? <laughs> you know me, the dude said with a shrug. I ain't no fortunate son. <laughs> With that, he had his arm around Maude, though mostly for support, and was walking off. He almost bumped into her ear and used the opportunity to tell her that they'd have to do it at her place. His just felt naked without the rug. Damn thing really tied the room together. Yes. Yay. Yes. Unfucking believable, Walter repeated when the dude was out of earshot. There's one lucky stoner son of a bitch. Donnie eyed him nervously, not sure if he was allowed to talk. Walter invited him to open his mouth with an utterance of, Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, Donnie said tentatively, he did lose his rug. Am I wrong? Walter repeated. You're not wrong, you just shut the fuck up, Donnie! <laughs> <laughs> and that was that. The end. Yay! Oh my lord! My god! That was spectacular. I don't know what it was, but it was good. <laughs> oh. I don't know what it was either. Jeez, you... Oh, my God. <laughs> Can one even describe what the actual movie is? <laughs> I mean, we try, but... Yeah. Do we... I think we come up short every time. It's true. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I gotta say... Uh, there are a few elements that were surprisingly good uh, <laughs> with, <laughs> with this. Um, mostly Walter's characterization. I think you got that pretty good. Pretty pretty much spot on. But you really went for the stoner genre with it. And I love it. It's not right. <laughs> it's, it's not accurate. But it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I. Uh, it's interesting because... One of the secret bonus points that Eric and I were discussing was um, if you were going to hit the voice of the film, because it's a Coen Brothers movie, and it feels like a Coen Brothers movie, and I don't know if we really described what that means, other than the Mm -hmm. fact that Eric told you the entire plot of the movie, Um, but this definitely felt like less Coen Brothers voice and more the dude's voice. I, I, I don't know, like... I don't know if the, 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 the perspective of it was quite like what I pictured the dude thinking about in his head, but you definitely nailed the the stoner feel of it. Like just the, the speed of it, his the way he kept coming back to certain things, you know, that that was something we talked about and you kinda hit really well with just the dude kinda dwelling on things and just getting them more and more wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That was so, so much fun. <laughs> so, Marcus, tell us about uh, the writing process. How did how did this go for you? Man, this was quite a process. Because uh, first, I just had to figure out where I wanted to set this, and that was very difficult. I knew I had to be in the bowling alley because that's that's mm-hmm. the thing. But uh, just what, <laughs> what is the story beat? Because even in something that's just meandering, you need to have some sort of story. So I thought I'd make it very low stakes. Like, the entire thing is just about the dude getting up confidence to go and roll a single frame. (laughs) Um, But then the other thing was I had to figure out who the viewpoint character should be. And I really hesitated between uh, Donnie and the dude. Because I thought Donnie would be a good observer of the scenario. Mm -hmm. 
So you'd be able to provide more of the flavor. And that's probably more of what you get in the film. You know, you're not in the dude's head as much. You're, you're an outsider. You have that perspective. But I, I thought to kind of recreate that sort of fog of unknowing that you described, I wanted mm-hmm. to get in the dude's head and show that he is just a mess you know, before <laughs> yeah, uh, no kidding. all of his contemplation is just, just <laughs> ridiculous. So I tried to stay in his voice the entire time. Uh, no, that's a good choice. I think I think sticking with uh, the dude was the way to go. Because, um, I, I mean, you said that uh, that the perspective in the film might be more like uh, Donnie as more of a, of a, as a passive third party. But I, I don't know if that's entirely true. I feel like we are with uh, the dude in the film. So it was a good choice. And, like, uh, it was like the way you writ- wrote it, the, um, the voice of your prose, the voice of your narrator was actually... Um, we didn't mention this at all, but there is a narrator in oh. this movie, and the narrator is played by Sam Elliott, and <laughs> and he's called the Stranger. And so oh, the fact great. that you kind of did this cowboy parable sort of voice is like perfect, like strangely, like it's I don't know how really you landed weird. on that, but it was it's right. You you did it. It was very entertaining, very good. That's so funny, because I never knew that about this movie. All the things mm-hmm. that I've heard about the movie, uh, which really isn't much, mostly just quotes, um, I, I didn't know about that. It just struck me that to tell this story, you had to tell it like you were telling it around a campfire, because it, it's just <laughs> not not a uh, engaging story in and of itself. I thought the telling had to have a part of that. Well, you uh, you share something in common with the minds of uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen, so congratulations, <laughs> uh, Andrew. What, uh, what 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 can we say about about this piece? Anything you liked? Anything you you disliked particularly? Yeah. So you know, it, it, it even though I, it's interesting hearing your thought process behind trying to find a structure to hang it on. Um, I still, it's, it's funny as much as I just wanted this to be a hangout moment. I even told Eric in the prediction section that I wanted it to be Walter, the Donnie, Donnie and the dude hanging out. Like that's what I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what you did. Um, but I still felt that even with the structure that you did hang on it, it did start to feel kind of, I I felt the length of it because it was still like, where's this going? And because it's so, he the dude just goes off on tangents in his head. Even though you, it was interesting to say that you struct, structured around it in your mind that it was going to be him rolling. It meandered so much that I didn't really <laughs> notice that it was like, oh, that was the that's the conflict, that's the inner conflict, I suppose. But he was also thinking about these other things, you know. So some of that, to me, I think, got lost in the haze of the 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 perspective what about you eric what were you well no i think i think you 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 hit on i think the big problem uh if there is a big problem to hang your hat on uh is that by having your main character be somebody who's like barely there um Mm -hmm. it's it it slows it down for sure it it doesn't have a lot of propulsion there's no stakes in this scene uh there's no like mystery to solve uh it's it's definitely a character. I don't know. Would you describe this as a character piece, or it's it's almost more of a? We're kind of just seeing his world. Like all all it is is like a a peek into the dude's world. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say it was a character piece uh, because there's nothing that the dude wants to change in this mm-hmm. piece, right? Mm-hmm. He he stays level the whole way. 
so you could say it's a slice of life or a uh, milieu kind of piece, uh, which is just not the kind of stuff I write generally. So that was really fun mm-hmm. as an exercise here to try something like that. Sure. Yeah, no, I think um, it was definitely entertaining. I laughed so much more <laughs> yeah. than I expected. It was just just funny, and so that's fantastic. Um, you hit some really great uh, lines, like you had all the shut the fuck up Donnies, uh, and uh, 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 there's a Credence reference. Two <laughs> or- of them. Oh, was there more than one? Yeah, See, three. There's Proud three. Mary. There's three. Oh well, yeah, oh, roll, man, roll, 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 rolling down the river. Then, uh, then Proud Mary, yeah. and then uh, Fortunate Son. The yeah. for- Fortunate Son's the one that hit me. I was just like, ah. But uh, okay. <laughs> my God, the line that you wrote from Maud, who just shows up at the bowling alley. I love that. Uh, <laughs> our first go didn't take. <laughs> 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 it's so not sexy which is perfect for uh, mod that's so good ah uh, i i only intercourse have intercourse like she'd call it intercourse of course uh it's just i there's so i don't know what else to say it, it was <laughs> such a strange uh well because uh you you hit my bonus points he was making a caucasian at the beginning and that's what's important. He was very particular about the half and half too, which is good, mm-hmm. because uh, the dude is a man who is uh, very particular about his white Russians. <laughs> um, so since you got that, and you did strike a very Sam Elliott tone, you you I, I'm gonna say you get my secret bonus points. Ooh. Uh, so that I I I think you're gonna get about who. I mean, lack of, of story drive takes it back a bit, but you got the bonus point, so I'm going to say 8 out of 10 tumbling tumbleweeds. <laughs> Thank tumbling you. Tumbling down. Oh, yeah. So Eric kind of hit it. I, I felt very similar to it. Uh, I'm going to be a little stingier based sure. on, 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 on the, the pace of the, the piece of it all together and give you a 7 out of 10 J's, um, <laughs> which uh, thankfully you did light one up. So that was that was the seventh one uh, the dude had that day. Um, <laughs> so great job! This was this was a lot of fun, and <laughs> I'd be I'd be interested to know how much Big Lebowski fanfic exists in the world. <laughs> oh my gosh! I want to look into it. But Marcus, you got to see this movie now. It's, I do. I really want to. It's so much fun. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, but if anybody else out there wants to check it out. Um, definitely possible it's available everywhere movies are sold it's a very popular film so amazon video itunes voodoo youtube google play available everywhere please check it out fantastic film uh and uh you know actually written by uh people who knew what they were talking about so you know (laughs) it's got that bonus (laughs) so uh that's it for this week any final thoughts about this marcus andrew man uh Keep keep coming with the stretch goals, the, the stretch uh, pieces. So this is something that this movie I do want to see, but uh, really getting assigned something that's not something I would normally watch or write is really good for this as an exercise, and it was a lot of fun, a good challenge. Good. Glad to good. hear it. Cool. So, uh, yeah, everybody, come uh, listen next week. We'll have a new episode up for you. Uh, and until then, 
Thank you very much. This has been Sham Fiction. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at shamfiction, and please, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Hey, podcast listeners. Next week, Eric will be shamming this city. That's right, he'll be putting on his grease paint, flipping up his hood, and filling his quiver with a healthy dose of CW angst as he tries to cross a name off his list. So tune in for a show filled with superheroics, star-crossed lovers, and glistening abs. Until then, well, I've got some crunches to do.